This third and final panel at San Francisco Comic-Con on geek diversity is brought to you by Loot Crate. Loot Crate is the next best thing you can do other than go into a, a Comic-Con. Basically, it's Comic-Con in a box. You get a t-shirt, other little gadgets and gizmos um, that are pretty cool. One of the highlights for me that I got that was not a t-shirt because I love all the t-shirts was this little like horn that you got you can put drinks in. The horn is it's hollow. You can put it around your neck and you can walk around and, and drink and look like a kind of like a Viking. So it's, it's pretty neat. Um, also, a lesser known thing is Loot Crate also has different types of Loot Crates that you can get. Uh, loot Gaming is one that's obviously specific to gaming. Loot Pets, loot pets that's what Stitch gets for his dogs. Um, loot DX, which is a larger version of a Loot Crate. Larger and obviously more expensive. And then uh, Loot Wear, which is uh, a t-shirt and some other kind of wearable like socks, which is a cheaper version. And uh, they also have specific types of Loot Crates for specific products like the Halo Legendary Crate. So yeah, if you would do us a favor and go to trylootcrate.com forward slash be then BTI and enter the promo code bridge10, that's a bridge that you're walking over in the number 10, you will save 10% on any new subscription. Once again, it's trylootcrate.com forward slash be then BTI with the promo code bridge10 to save yourself 10% on any new subscription. And it's very important they actually use the trylootcrate.com forward slash be then BTI or we really don't get credit for any of this. So it's not just the promo code, folks. So yeah, on with the panel. All right. Well, welcome. Thank you guys for uh, for joining us. We're going to get started here. My name is uh, Prodigy on Blacker Than Black Times Infinity's podcast. Um, we uh, along well, let's introduce our the folks alongside me. We have Old Ninja over here. How's it going? He is older than he looks. Um, <laughs> and we have Kronos. How's it going, everybody? Uh, we're going to talk to you guys about diversity in comics and gaming and the geek. Uh, Geek kingdoms or nerddoms, fandoms, however you want to call it. And uh, Kronos, why don't you explain a little bit about why we're having this panel and why it's important uh, in this modern era? Sure. So we've been on a few panels in the past about diversity, and we noticed there was a common theme in some of them, and it seemed to exclude uh, white people. And it kind of pissed us off because it ended up devolving into um, a conversation about um, kind of races against races. And I'm like, you know, diversity is supposed to be everybody, not just... Um, you know, certain ethnicities. So, one of a panel that really included everybody and talk about uh, diverse comics and media that we like, and then we want to get feedback from the audience of what they like, so we get some more ideas of what we can read. And so, one of the things that that we saw is that people were complaining that there was not enough diversity in comics. Um, that immediately tells me that they don't read comics because, to me, there's very diverse comics if you know where to look for them. And so, we're doing what we can do to point out um, some diverse comics so people that might not know about them. Can, uh, can pick up, pick them up. Um, and there's a few that we'll, we'll get to a little bit later that just got canceled because nobody was buying them. And it was more of my point to where people were saying there's no diverse comics. Well, there were some that were very diverse and nobody bought them and they canceled them. And that's exactly what happens. So the way that I show my support to any comic um, or anything really is with my dollars. So if I don't like something, I don't buy it. If I do like something, I buy it. And then I tell other people to buy it. So Imagine that. Um, actually, why don't we start off with just asking the audience a real quick question. How many of you you saw Force Awakens? Okay. Everybody. Oh. And universally it was pretty well loved and received, right? Okay. Yeah. Alright. Even though it was kind of like a kind of recycled material, but it was okay. My <laughs> <laughs> recycled childhood. It was, it, was, it, was, it was in a tasteful way. So I was they like, killed oh, okay. a bigger Death Star, destroyed a bigger Death Star. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The same kind of flaw. Yeah, that's uh, alright. Oh, and we had Black Eklund. 
Black X Wings. So yes, oh, yeah. yes, you did. Yes, you did. So little, little What's going on in the world of comics for Star Wars that you're enjoying right now, old ninja? Uh, right now, there's uh, Poe Dameron, uh, the X Wing pilot. He has his own comic run, which seems to be pretty interesting. Uh, also. Before The Force Awakens came out, there was the Shattered Empire, I believe, run. is a trade right now. It actually shows uh, Poe Dameron's parents and how they interacted with the three stars from the movies. So Luke, Han, Leia, they all have adventures with Poe's uh, parents. And then it literally ends with um, Poe's mom talking about her pregnancy. So... That's actually pretty good. Yeah, pretty good one. That's a great run. I think Star Wars is pretty great um, as far as diversity goes, especially nowadays because we've seen uh, some backlash on some movies where they had female leads and people kind of gave crap about it, right? Ghostbusters is a prime example. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's a prime example. But um, for some reason, Star Wars has this mysticism to where nobody really cares who the lead is. So I think that's good because we have female. We're gonna have two female leads yep. in Star Wars. Uh, in Rogue One, what's her name? Uh, Jin Ursa. Yeah. Jin Ursa in Rogue One, and then obviously Ray. So and they, and she was a great lead. Uh, I enjoyed the movie. I thought she was great. Thought her and uh, Finn's interactions were were pretty awesome. So yeah, yeah. Finn had a a funny kind of one eighty that he did, and I and I enjoyed every part of it. I mean, I liked the fact that he was so tortured with you know being on the side of not the not the dark side. What is it? The uh, the, the Republic. Oh, the yeah. Uh, well, just the order. The yeah, order. Yeah, just being order. a stormtrooper. But um. No controversy once the movie came out whatsoever with the color of Finn's skin once you saw John Boyega's portrayal. And I thought that was a beautiful thing. And I think um, this Halloween, when we see a whole lot of Finns running around uh, from every ethnicity, it's going to be a fun, fun time. Uh, and I'm going to give them more candy. <laughs> more shots. Actually, no, we didn't see very many Finns up the, on the floor. You guys ain't seen any cosplayer as Finn? No? It's a lot, whole lot of rays. A lot of rays. Yeah, I saw a lot of rays. You saw two Finns? Cool. I have yet to see yeah. Finn. I've seen Ray. I'm surprised there's no Ray in here yet. Yeah. I'm gonna throw one piece of shade though, just a little. I thought that Captain Phasma didn't do anything. No, she didn't. Uh, yeah, I was very disappointed because she was great in uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wanted so much more, and for her to have like her own name and title and all this other stuff, I was like, well, she didn't do much. But I love Traitor T R A R. Stormtrooper. Yeah, yeah the guy with the baton. T R A R. Or TR. Yeah, yeah. TR8R. Trader. You know? That's not his call sign. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm going to call him. Yeah, that's what everybody calls him. You want to talk about replacement characters? Yeah, um, so there's something going on right now. Uh, I think it's more prevalent with Marvel Comics a little bit more than DC. Um, and it's, to use a, a, our own kind of unique term, replacement characters in a lot of ways. Um, some people th- see it as a negative, some people see it as positive and progress. <laughs> But um, replacement characters, when you have a, a really iconic character uh, in comic book history, probably with decades worth of history, um, and that character is replaced typically what, by someone with a different gender or ethnicity. And so uh, some of the prime examples, actually, Cronus, why don't you give some of the examples of replacement characters? Yeah, so one of the prime examples nowadays um, is the new Thor. She's female. Um, she's actually really the character. I was very... Um, Skeptical when I first read they're going to change Thor, but then but the story they made it right. So I was like, as long as the story is correct, I don't really care what gender ethnicity the the, the character is. Um, we also have a new Hulk, um, Amadeus Cho. He's a Asian teenage, teenage Korean American. Yeah, Korean American, yeah, and he's a, he's a teenager. So it's a it's a much different Hulk. And right now uh, there's no uh, what's his name, Bruce Banner is dead. Yeah. So they had to have another character for him. Um, I didn't think Bruce Banner really had to die, but 
whatever. That hurt me. That hurt me deeply. <laughs> yeah, he's a huge Hulk fan. So. As someone who grew up with, like, Hulk introducing me to comics, basically, Hulk and Batman, not having Bruce Banner alive, even though they will bring him back because comics are comics. Yeah, I, sh- I shed a thug tear. Yeah. <laughs> and now we have uh, Riri Williams, who's going to be the new... They say Iron Man, but it's not, not going to be Iron Man. It's going to be Iron Heart, I believe. That's, that's going to be her new name. And... Um, that's not really a replacement character yet, as far as I've seen. So I'm, I'm reading the comic um, pretty extensively. Are you guys reading these, these, all of these characters? Which one do you like best in terms of between Thor and uh, Amadeus Cho and Riri Williams so far? Falcon. Falcon. You think that's a replacement character? Oh, he, he's, the, he's Captain America. Okay, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of. I think what they did with Captain America was almost. Uh, Disrespectful. They said that he was uh, in Hydra. I was like, "Come on, man!" But I know they're changing that around. Yeah. But I mean, still, it, I can understand. I guess Falcon taking over because uh, Captain America became old, right? And so somebody had to take uh, that mantle. And so this is another good example of a replacement character where it's where it's okay because the the story made sense, right? Um, but there's other examples where it kind of doesn't make sense where they do it, and they kind of kind of pisses off. <laughs> Yeah, there's some there's some anger. I think the worst and most egregious example is in Fantastic Four. Now, most of you avoided that movie like the plague, which was the right thing to do. <laughs> but um, Michael B. Jordan, who I love, and you know, and Creed, and all of his other roles, and obviously uh, he's going to be in the new Black Panther movie playing Killmonger, I believe. Yeah, yeah, which yeah, Killmonger. Um, he played Johnny Storm in that Fantastic Four movie, who's supposed to be the sibling of Sue Storm blood relation brother and sister not adopted and that just doesn't work because Fantastic Four has been around for so many so many decades Um, in my opinion you can't just tweak that and change the ethnicity and have it work because of his relationships to other characters on that team being part of the family. Yeah, especially when you don't address it. I mean, they didn't address it in the movie from what I've heard. Um, they didn't really break down why there were different ethnicities. And they didn't really have a really good relationship with brother and sister, which is kind of weird. Like, if you don't, if you have a brother and sister, you're going to have some kind of interaction, right? But in the movie, they really didn't. Yeah. So that was another, that was a bad example. And I'll give you, like, the worst example I've seen thus far. Um, I didn't used to be a DC fan until Rebirth came out. Rebirth is, uh, it's great because it's, uh, they're basically rehashing all new stories for all these new, or I guess old superheroes. Yeah. But they have one that was uh, that was new, and it's uh, the new Superman. And I was waiting for this comic book to come out for months, and then it came out, and I was I was reading it, and it was all good until the very last page. And then it said that they had Batman and Wonder, Wonder Woman come in, and all they did was make them Asian. They just said, I'm Batman of China, and I'm Wonder Woman of China. And I was like, how dare you? Like, we already have these characters in the universe. If you guys want to have ethnic or you know diverse characters please make new characters don't knock off old characters this seemed like pandering yeah let's let's just call it what it is and then to make sure i I usually give a comic book two chances i'll I'll buy two of them and on the second comic they have the justice league of china and i almost burned that book (laughs) you just make new heroes in china that are connected to china and that'll make way more sense to me yeah Yeah. actually uh one of the newer heroes out there is superwoman Who's uh, been out there? I think that's a, a good story about how. There's two of them. Yeah. yeah there's, so there's Super Superman, Supergirl, and Superwoman. Where Superwoman attains her powers, but it's slowly killing her. 
So that's that's like a character that we I don't want to give it too much away. You got to pick it pick it up. But it's a character we all know, and she uh, acquires her powers. She just doesn't show up out of nowhere, and it, it makes better sense that way. Taking an established character and changing him to um, have something new about them, something new generate within them, and versus just showing up and saying, "Hey, I can lift up a boulder." Well, that's the one where they split the powers, right? Yeah, they yeah. do. But I mean, I don't want to give too much away because it's it's a it's a good comic. One of, one of the things that uh, I enjoy the most, though, out of uh, comics right now is just the fact that anybody can write uh, whatever character they choose. And, um, for example, I'm loving DC Rebirth's Wonder Woman. Um, I know that every other issue they're continuing one of the origin storylines, and I can't remember his name, but there's a male writer, and then on the other, uh, every odd issue, there's a, a female writer that's doing an excellent job. It's important that we don't try to put people in these silos from a writer or creator standpoint where you're a black writer and you can only write black characters, you're a female writer and you can only write female characters um, I think it's it's dangerous and a little bit divisive to be honest with you and then the other really quick example is you know, Christopher Priest is writing Deathstroke right now and knocking it out of the park and I only knew him from writing uh, Black Panther back in the day and I thought he did an amazing job on that but to see him with this established character who I already loved and him getting that opportunity is fun. So, just wanted to put that out there. And then, last example I would say is Michael Bendis, uh, Brian Michael Bendis, doing, uh, creating Miles Morales, one of my favorite newer characters who's not a replacement of Spider-Man um, because he has his own powers, because he comes from the Ultimate Universe, etc., etc. He is not Peter Parker. He's truly Miles Morales. And Brian Michael Bendis writing him does an amazing job. So, you could be whoever you want and write that character as long as you're true to what that character represents and um, are being authentic. So. Uh, do we want to talk about the uh, comments that we want to show true diversity? Yeah, or have yeah. Diversity? Jump in. So the ones that I know. Uh, so there's a comic that was that's out now. Um, unfortunately, it's been canceled recently, but it's written about the Bay Area. So it takes place in the East Bay between Benicia and uh, Vallejo. Uh, written by Jimmy Robinson. Jimmy Robinson. Yeah, so I believe he's local as well. I think he's from Oakland. And it's called Power Lines. So yeah, the comic is called Power Lines. Anybody uh, has anybody read this one by Image Image Comics? Yeah, so this is no. this is a comic set here in the Bay, and it's real. It's about a uh, teenage African American male who's uh, kind of a thug, and then there's a forty something white lady who's very very racist, and then uh, an American Indian. And they, the three of them are connected by uh, powers. They have a power line between them. And it talks about hot-button issues about today, police brutality, um, social and economic issues, all of that all in this little six-part comic. And it got canceled because nobody was buying it. And that we feel that that was a great example of diversity in comics versus character and story. And it was out there for everyone and no one got it. Yeah, another example um, would be Nighthawk. Nighthawk was actually one of my favorite comics that came out recently. You've read it, actually? I mean, I knew Nighthawk from... Um, back in the day? Yeah, back in the day from the Supreme Power. Oh. And I just found out recently that you know, he has his own comics. Like, all right, cool. And then I found out from Marvel that this got canceled after like a handful of issues. Yeah, super bummer. Um, he was part of Squadron Supreme, and um, it was a great comic. It, was, it dealt with police brutality... In Chicago, it dealt with it from both sides, from the police side and from the uh, um, civilian side. Yeah. And so he was, you know, beating up criminals and the police as long as he deemed them bad. So he didn't really care. 
And it, 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 it was a really great comic, especially it was very relevant to today, but again, it was a comic that was diverse that nobody bought for whatever reason, and people are going to keep complaining that there's no diversity in, in, in comic books. Well, and this was by Marvel. You know, yeah, I mean so that that's comic. important to to point out. So it had distribution. It was in every every comic book shop. It just didn't pick up its own audience. Now I'm going to admit something. He does look a lot like Batman. <laughs> yeah, so you know, he's if like you Owlman, really. yeah, <laughs> Batman, Owlman, you know, Court of Owls. He kind of had that look, but it was it was fantastic, and I think it's still worth reading and checking out and and trying to. Hopefully, maybe they can bring it back if it gets we have good enough. House. We do yeah. have one fin. We were talking about you, man. Need a seat? We got some seats up front or on the side. Uh, let's switch gears a little uh, bit. You, you want, want to talk about raccoons? Oh, uh, just in uh, just a okay. sec. So, how many of you uh, saw Suicide Squad? All right. Overall, in general, did you enjoy it in terms of a, a, a comic book movie as a whole? Thumbs up? So-so? Yeah. Okay. What about uh, some of the controversy with the character Harley Quinn and her background? Did you guys feel that Margot Robbie did a good job on that character? That's, okay. As a whole. Okay. You want to... Try in a little bit on Harley. Yeah, actually, I, I I did enjoy the Harley Quinn character, um, but it was kind of weird because people were complaining. The media was complaining that um, she didn't have redeemable qualities, that she wasn't a good woman. Blah blah blah. blah. Obviously, they didn't realize that she's a villain, which is weird to me because <laughs> they're, they're supposed to be bad people. She does bad stuff. She has hyenas that eat people. She kills people, and it's the way it's supposed to be. I think that that. Um, <laughs> the movie was catching some undue um, criticism because of that. I have no idea why. Um, I hope it wasn't just because she was a woman. I mean, because there was other villains in the movie that nobody complained about. Another thing that nobody really seemed to complain about either, which is that it wasn't really a replacement, but they switched the ethnicity of uh, Deadshot. And uh, I thought that Will Smith did a great job, actually. He knocked he, it out he, of the park, You know, he dressed like an 80s pimp. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was great, though. You know, I, I thought he had a, a really good... Uh, Really good role. His portrayal was great. One of the things I, I took some uh, issues with, um, there's this feeling that Harley Quinn was hypersexualized in in her role uh, in Suicide Squad, but I think that to a, a lesser extent, that's always been a, a small part of that character. Um, she does use sexuality, and she is a villain. You know, in fact, I, I think she's one of the best villains female villains and actually Marvel or DC. Um, well, somebody said Amanda Waller the other day and I thought that was... Uh, Amanda Waller's great. Amanda Waller is great. I see. Yeah. She, she is absolutely great. She's... I think she's like... She toes that line in terms of working for the government. You know, whereas Harley is her own kind of entity of, of evilness or whatever. But... Um, I didn't particularly have a problem with how Harley was dressed. I want to see more of what Margot Robbie's going to do with that character, but I don't think that you can take Harley Quinn and remove, quote-unquote, all sexualization or, or sexuality from her. I think it's a small part, not all, but a small part of that character, along with the evil, heinous hyenas killing people and uh, the mallet going pow. Yeah, I, I think part of it too, was, though, was that they didn't have the relationship between the Joker and Harley Quinn written correctly. Um, it seemed more like a love story, which it is essentially, but it's a really broken love story. 
I mean, it's very abusive, and they didn't really touch upon that at all in the movie, which I thought was kind of a disservice to the character. They got scared. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've got, are we going to call it what it is? They got yeah, scared. Yeah. You know, uh, well, DC well, wanted to appeal to everybody. They'll probably have some ultimate version of it. Um, and if I see another DC ult- ultimate version <laughs> DVD, Blu-ray, I'm just going to stop watching DC movies for a while. Because, I mean, Batman vs. Superman... Um, was so confusing to people that were not comic fans. Um, I had to explain a lot of things to my, to my girlfriend in the movie, like while it was going on, because it was just written bad, and the, the editor just didn't. Go ahead. It was confusing to people who are comic fans. Oh, yeah. there you <laughs> go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, they, were, they were kind of splicing in storylines and then dropping yeah. them off and then starting up. Over, I was just like, it's a mess. And they had the Ultimate Edition, which was better, but it wasn't the best. I don't care what anybody says. My Batman is not a serial killer. And Beavis showed him as a serial killer with guns. And then, real quick, because I, I know we've talked about uh, Batman vs. Superman before, but... So, Metropolis and Gotham City aren't San Francisco and Oakland close. <laughs> you can't do that. And my last final complaint, though... Hold on, especially when you're Superman. Because yeah. it's like right there, it's like, Batman's right there. You can yeah. see him. Yeah. yeah. Right. So maybe you can see him. Anyway... And Lois Lane, uh, <laughs> I, I liked Lois Lane to a certain extent, but if you don't dye her hair dark brown, you know, or jet black, you're going to miss me with this Lois Lane redhead thing. <laughs> I can't deal with that. Hair dye is cheap. <laughs> so we're going to talk about, uh, since we're talking about hair dye, and we can talk about uh, Mary Jane. Oh, yes. Uh, you want to set that up, old ninja? Uh, sure. So, <laughs> so she, uh, she's... Local, yes, from Oakland. She's from Oakland. Yeah, so Zendaya. 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 She's gonna come after she you. She is. Yeah, she's from Oakland. My switchblade me. Uh, <laughs> so she was recently cast in the new Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man: Homecoming, and there was a lot of talk about her ethnicity and about her character, uh, what she can do. A lot of people. I've seen two things out there. Can she act? And this woman is black. She probably should not be Mary Jane. Now we have talked about this. Mary Jane is not a superhero. She's not, like, she doesn't become Spider-Gwen. She doesn't become, you know, Iron Spider or anything like that. She's basically Peter Parker's anchor to the rest of the world and his love interest and later on his wife. So I think her being gen- being ethnicity swapped, and she could have been anyone. She could have been Asian. She could have been Latina. I don't really think it would have mattered. I think what really matters is if she has red hair or not. Maybe. <laughs> but that's, that's, cheap. that's basically it. I mean, as long as she's there to support Peter and be his comfort zone, I'm cool with that. Yeah, but to throw out all this kind of shade is unnecessary. Yeah, I, I don't mind um, if it's written well. We gave some examples of, you know, well-written characters that were swapped, and it's fine. Um, so I'll, I'll, the jury's out um, until I see the movie. We haven't even seen the trailer yet. Yeah, yeah. But one thing that I, I want to bring up is that anytime I see them change something uh, from the comic into a, into a movie, I'm very concerned because they're, they're straight away from the source material, right? And when you start away from the source material, you're already going to lose part of your fan base. And if you look historically throughout uh, movies and TV shows, um, the closer you stay to the source material, the greater it is. Netflix is a perfect example. Um, what was the... Jessica Jones? Jessica Jones and... Uh, Daredevil. 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 Those are both... Great shows, universally appealed, and I'll, I, I don't know anybody that doesn't like it. No, no. And they were very close to, to comic books, so. Absolutely. Who's watching The Flash? All right, all right. Everybody loves it. Um, I, I, I've given this example. Sorry to some of the folks who have you know heard the panel uh, from yesterday or Friday, but 
The Flash has the best black family on TV. <laughs> I'm just going to say it again. Um, Joe and Iris and Wally and the way they interact with Barry Allen is just touching. It is a very diverse cast. There is no pandering whatsoever. There is just a sense of these people working together to make this city the best place it could possibly be. And they didn't go out of their way to make it a point to saying that, hey, this is a black family, this is what they're doing. It's yeah. just a family. Yep. You know, I, I like that they did that. Yep. And I, when Barry calls Joe dad, hey, that that's the... It's beautiful and it's touching, so I can't wait for season three. Yeah, but uh, I think the uh, at first when I watched the Flash, I didn't like Joe at all. I thought he was going to be the stereotypical like buddy cop, like he, it was going to be like Lethal Weapon kind of. You thought he was going to be the guy from Law and Order. I did. He was just going to be there and be like, "Oh, you can do it, Barry. Just go out there and beat up bad guys." But no, he was the he became Yoda to me. Yes, he, he always had words of wisdom, and having Barry like uh, probably just said call him dad, just like I was, it kind of took me out for a minute I'm like yeah they are a family and the way he had Iris is a little complicated though but um, but yeah the, that is weird yeah it is weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah now that you think about it they're like oh he's trying to trying to make out with this chick but, but Iris I think what Marvel's trying to do with Zendaya is make the kind of change that uh, DC did with Iris and uh, you know the Flash because Iris is white with red hair, I believe, in the Something comics, like that, yeah. right? Yeah, I, she might be brunette. She might, uh, yeah, I can't remember her hair color. Um, but, uh, you know, that Candace Patton or whatever, she's just knocked it out of the park so much that that's always going to be Iris to me. Yeah. And I'm glad for that, you know? She's good. Uh, did anyone go to the Heroes and Villains Fan Fest last weekend? San Jose? In San Jose? No. So Iris was there, and she uh, gave, she was on a flash panel, and she's like, she's really funny. And uh, she talked about her experience on the show, and it's just like everyone on the on their show they treat each other like family. They're really close to each other, and like when someone's killed off, they're actually really sad about it. So, and they actually had like grievances about it. Like some of them, uh, the guy who played Eddie Thon on the show, he was on the panel, and it it had been a while since the two of them seen each other. So they're like hugging a lot and like like almost crying almost because they were that's how close they were on the set. So I think that's great. That translates very well into the show. Does anybody here watch Supergirl at all? Ooh, wow! How do you, how do you, you guys like that show? Yes. <laughs> I thought it got in the beginning. Did you guys like it? And like the first episode? See, I didn't like the beginning, but it, it got better. It was weird in the beginning because they had like the the characters are kind of they kind of went overboard on like the girl power thing. And I don't want to put that in a disrespectful way, but it was weird because they had this one character that was there's a kid in the room. So I'll edit myself where she wasn't a nice person. <laughs> and that's um, oh cat. That's yeah. Cat was always just like on another level. I was just like, can she be like nice at all, like ever? And then they kind of made Supergirl super weak. I was just like, why is she asking Superman for help? And she didn't seem very sure of herself. And I was just like, this isn't like uh, heroic qualities in my opinion. But uh, eventually they 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 changed that in the writing, um, and, and, and it got a lot better. But one thing that was uh, interesting to me is that they had uh, Jimmy Olsen played as James Olsen, and uh, he was not Jimmy Olsen at all. Like, not just the fact that Jimmy Olsen's a white guy and then they had him black in this, but he was, like, yoked and uh, super confident and, like, the complete opposite. Oh, of, la- uh, ladies' yeah. man. Yeah, ladies' man. That's, like, not Jimmy Olsen, which I, I wish they would have just called him. He's, a, he's great in the show, but I wish they would just call him a, a different name or something like that. This is weird. Every time we say uh, Jimmy or James Olsen, I'm just like, I think it's some little geeky kid. Did know? anybody notice the, the the change though in terms of Jimmy Olsen's? We've seen so many Superman movies and Smallville and all this other stuff. 
was that change a big deal for you guys? What did you think? I thought it was more like he grew up because I love the Jeepers, Mr. Kids, but after a while, you know, I didn't mind that they changed it up and made it more mature here. That's true. Very good. So he's a little older. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, some reverse comics. Yeah. Uh, So, I got one that I love right now. Image Comics um, has a run going on with... Is anybody reading Rat Queens? Oh, nice. Okay, this is the first like day that we've had uh, some folks actually a little bit familiar with that series. Um, for those of you who don't know, it is Lord of the Rings with girls doing adult mature things, but in a very com- uh, comedic manner. And I absolutely love everything about it. Every one of those, uh, those trade paperbacks that I'm um, reading on that. I- I'm just laughing and staying up late trying to read and enjoy every single one of those characters. And it's a diverse group as well with, you know, you got your female orcs and wizards and mages and all of that stuff. So I think that that's one of the best examples of, you know, a comic that is for everybody but has female leads. And it's easy to digest and relate to every single one of those characters. So that's one one of my recommendations. We got another in the back. Yes? Rat Queens, yes. Image Comics. That's an that's an adult. Yes, adult. yes, yes. That's oh, yeah. eighteen plus. <laughs> we have to uh, let people know sometimes. Some of the comics we're going to recommend are, are definitely adult comics. So mature. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll let you know if they're they're kid they're kid appropriate ones. Like this one is kid appropriate as all uh, the ultimates. Anybody reading that? It's like Ooh. one of the best comics to come after uh, Secret Wars, in my opinion. Um, it's got a really diverse uh, group of uh, team members, which I always forget every single one, so I have to read from the list. Sorry. It's uh, Blue Marvel, who's actually the first black superhero that was written by a black uh, person. Yes. So black it's pretty author, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's he got? Kevin Garneau. He has a French last name, so it's hard. But he's, most of you have probably seen him if you've ever watched the Underworld series. He's uh, the big lichen guy. He's a big, giant black guy. Um, he has a really deep voice. Um, he's also in I Frankenstein. He also wrote the comic and wrote the screenplay for that movie as well. So he's he wrote for Marvel, got his character introduced into the Ultimates. Yeah, and he's been gone for a long time. Basically, he was a character that he's like a was an anti matter. Yeah, anti matter. Yeah, superstar. Basically, he's like he's like <laughs> Superman, sort of. Yeah. So, um, but he went away for a long time because the he was kind of doxxed. He took off his helmet, and then the government saw who he was, and then they basically made him stop being a superhero. And so now he's coming back um, as one of the, sort of like a leader of the Ultimates. Yes, um, along with Carol Danvers. Yeah, Carol Danvers is also a who was uh, Captain Marvel, who everybody, everybody knows Captain Marvel. Uh, Miss America, who, which is a terrible name, I wish they would change her name. Miss America, really? Yeah, it just doesn't work. <laughs> and then uh, Spectrum, and also the Black Panther. And what they're doing is they're basically, they're going to um, fix what's wrong with the universe after the events of Secret Wars. Basically, the universe is fractured, time and space are all broken. People just haven't noticed yet, so they're trying to proactively fix it um, before it gets bad again. Repeat the name of the comic. Again. The Ultimates. Yeah, the, the latest run. I think there was an older run, but the latest one is uh, it's good. So who watched uh, Captain America: Civil War? All right, everybody, and universally we thumbs up. All right, and uh, two. All right. <laughs> Favorite character in there: Black Panther or Spider Man, or who who'd you like best? I'm going to say uh, uh, Black Panther because he was not the typical uh, uh, guy on, um, on, on revenge and uh, what you realize what, what was actually going on uh, he uh, kind of uh, 
Yeah, he actually, uh, I like uh, Civil War as well, even though I wish they would have called it Captain America versus uh, Iron Man, because it wasn't Civil War. But um, he actually had proper motivation for revenge in the movie, where both Captain America and Iron Man did not have any sort of real motivation to really come to blows over anything, which is weird. They were play fighting. Yeah. That's what they were doing. And so to have uh, Black Panther really rise above right away and say, like, hey, you know, this revenge thing, I'm just going to let it go. But that was really cool of the character. And also the, the the guy who played him was fantastic. Yeah, Chad Bo- Chadwick Boseman. I thought he was from Wakanda. Seriously. Yeah, <laughs> and he ha- he has a New York accent. In real life. When I saw him talk, I was like, "Whoa!" This I thought he was really from Africa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, Black Panther's a great character, um, and the latest run has been really good. However, I think a lot of people uh, are missing a lot of history on Black Panther. I'm not going to say go back and read all the Black Panthers. That's a whole lot of yeah, comics. If you can, obviously go do it. Go read them. Enjoy them. But I would recommend if you're reading the latest Black Panther comics. Is anybody reading Black Panther comics? Right. There we go. It um, is the number one comic of this year so far. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, by Ta-Nehisi Coates. But when the uh, when the comic starts, uh, it's very confusing for a lot of people that have never read Black Panther comics because Wakanda is basically destroyed. And if you uh, watch the movies, um, you will know that Wakanda is basically supposed to be the pinnacle of human existence. And how has this city failed? And then I would highly recommend that you would go back and read uh, The New Avengers by John- Jonathan Hickman, and that leads directly into Secret Wars, and Secret Wars leads directly into Black Panther number one. That'll get you all caught up into what happened. And it's very important what happened. You get, you're going to see um, Atlantis and Wakanda go to war. You're going to see uh, mm-hmm. Thanos and the Black Order also go to war with Wakanda. And that's basically how Wakanda got all messed up. So. Well, one of the things that's really cool about T'Challa, though, um, he just has this sense of himself that seems so appealing and, and he seems to rise above like the normal pettiness of other superheroes and you see a touch of that in Civil War but as Kronos was saying you know there's obviously this long history with him um, you see him leading basically a nation this most technologically advanced nation in on the planet um, there's a, there's just a lot going on to him and I, I guess what, what I'm really trying to say is I appreciate the fact that his appeal is so mainstream now. I mean, I, I, I like the fact that so many people are just now getting into him, going back and reading some of the history, and appreciating not only uh, T'Challa, but all of Wakanda and what it really represents. And it's just, it's a fun time to be alive with comics and reading those. Yeah, and I think uh, one thing, we're going to see a lot, of, uh, a lot of people playing, <laughs> cosplaying as Black Panther coming up. And I think it's okay for any ethnicity, any gender to, to play or to dress up as Black Panther. I like really important. Yeah. There's actually Black Panther at this con today. Actually, there are a couple. So it's Black Panther and Storm. They're actually... Yeah, have you seen them? Yeah, they're, they're actually on this floor somewhere. But uh, they're out there somewhere. And I saw one guy, as, another guy as Black Panther as well. So. How many of you have seen the trailer for Luke Cage? All right. All right. So we are excited about this, are we not? Okay. It seems like Netflix has already established themselves with the Marvel franchises where no matter what they produce, we're going to just see it and support it because we've already uh, established a trust bond with them, which is great and fantastic. I got a feeling that this is going to actually raise the bar even higher. 
um, from what I'm seeing. And I'm excited about seeing Misty Knight uh, yeah. in this for the very first time. Now, hold, I'm, hold on, probably go ahead. quick. The, the guy who made Misty Knight is actually downstairs. And yeah. I think he's signing. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. He, he and his him. wife are down there, I believe. Uh, we met them yesterday. Really, really yeah, nice got couple. A print, right? Got a print of Misty Knight, who most people don't realize she had a bionic arm long before Winter Soldier Bucky. Yeah. And I'm throwing a little bit of shade at Bucky because I don't like him all He's that much. He's got good hair, though. Yeah. <laughs> you just mad he got good hair. He right? does have good hair. But, um, but, yeah, so she had that arm first. Let's, let's just put that out there. And she is, in her own right, a really tough, awesome character. And I think once people see her on the small screen in this Netflix series, it's just going to blow up for her, similar to how it did with Black Panther, in a good way. Yeah. Did anybody watch uh, Jessica Jones at all? It's a great, great, great show. Here, have you read the comics? Did oh. you like the comics? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get into it. I tried. I tried. Like, the uh, the artwork was just a little too old style for me, and then the uh, the writing just didn't... Anyway, I'll try and read it again. Did you read it before watching the, t- uh, the TV series? Oh, that's awesome. Man. Oh, yeah. wow. wow. Uh, you guys are some of the first I've ever met that actually read it before. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. good. I think the Purple Man was like a legitimate, terrifying villain. Hmm. Like, for anybody. If somebody can take over your mind and you still know you're doing that's that's awful. Um, yeah, so J- Jessica Jones is... Alias is the comic, that for y'all that haven't read it. Um, if you want to read it, it's called Alias. It was during the uh, Marvel Max days which was back when Image first started coming around. They started making adult comics. Mm-hmm. And that's when Marvel was like, oh, we can make money off making adult comics? <laughs> so they started pushing out more adult-oriented stuff, and one of those was uh, Jessica Jones. Yeah. So, a little bit of competition. Miss Marvel. Are we a fan of this young ladies? Okay. Awesome. All right. Um, actually. No, you can go I Not to be confused with yeah, Captain, Captain, yeah, Captain Marvel. These guys are still at me. But yeah, yeah, go ahead. Why don't you guys read the comics? I, don't I need to read more of yeah, her. Read the comics. She, she seems exciting, though. You know, uh, yeah. I, she has a Muslim background. Yes. Um, Teenager. And I know that she's in a relationship, or sort of. flirty relationship with Miles Morales. Yeah, they're actually in uh, the Avengers together. So Miss Marvel is a um, inhuman who has a power, I think, like stretchy powers, right? Yeah, like, like Plastic so, Man. Yeah, kind of like... Don't say Plastic Man. Mr. Fantastic. Mr. Fantastic. Plastic Man. I don't care if he was first. No, he was first. He's, Plastic Man is awful. He's got those 70s pimp style glasses. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, she's a really cool character because I think she's the first, uh, as far as I know, Muslim female superhero that I've seen. And it's well written. Um, definitely go pick it up if you have a chance. Yeah. And, and she's in the Avengers. So yeah. That, that's pretty cool. I'm hoping they do a lot more with her. I think that they're building with her and Miles Morales a kind of a youthful uh, ser- series of uh, new characters, and it's fun. It's really fun. Yeah, but actually, they have a whole bunch of newer, new-ish um, teenage superheroes, and I think it's really cool. I'm an adult, but I still read you know kids' comics. So it, it's cool to see you know Amadeus Cho, Riri Williams. Um, actually, what was the girl's name? Uh the, the really, really smart chick. Oh, uh, oh. Uh, Moon Girl. Moon Girl. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah. 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 She's like four or something. She's, she's like a little weird. older now. But is yeah. she older than that? Yeah, yeah. She's really small. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's cool to see this new crop of really diverse uh, kid characters that are going to grow up with, uh, well, basically with my daughter. I'm going to read it too, but yeah. But let's switch gears though. I mean, all we've talked about is Marvel stuff. Yeah. <laughs> let's get on that DC. Oh, um, yeah. DC has some stuff going on right now with Rebirth, which is fantastic. And one of the things that I'm most excited for when you talk about youthful characters of color, 
Jaime Reyes, the Blue Beetle. And yeah, just started out on Rebirth, uh, or started new with Rebirth. You'll be familiar with this character from the wonderful series Young Justice, uh, which was fantastic. That was my first introduction to him. Way better than Teen Titans Go. No, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah. Teen yeah. Titans Go. Yeah. No, yeah. no. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. Waffles, waffles, waffles? No. <laughs> no Teen Titans Really? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm loving everything about this character. And then the other two that definitely deserve a shout-out are Simon Baz and uh, Jessica Cruz, who are the brand-new Green Lanterns. With an S. With, yeah. yeah, with an S on DC Rebirth. And Simon Baz uh, is a Muslim-American man who was in Guantanamo, locked up under false pretenses. And Jessica Cruz is... Agoraphobic. Uh, yeah, agoraphobic. Like Se- severe, <laughs> severe agoraphobic. Can't do constructs, even though she's a Green Lantern, yeah, which yeah. is odd. Um, I want to see her come into her own, and I think that's coming very, very soon. But I'm really excited about the uh, the new direction with DC because they take a lot of heat sometimes, unjustly so, for not having enough new, quote-unquote, diverse characters. But I see them trying, and uh, I think they're knocking it out of the park on Rebirth so far, well, I think with the exception of uh, Chinese Superman. Yeah, <laughs> Well, it's it's hard for DC because they're they're you know main superheroes they're they're all white guys right, but that's not really their no, fault. Wonder, they wonder. just wrote some characters that happen to be very popular. Yeah, um, they have other characters. People just have to go and read them. That's why we're giving you guys recommendations. So yeah, or trying to yeah. trying to yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> jumping from DC to Image real quick, we there's ones that we haven't really talked about. Uh, the ones that you guys really love, which is downstairs. I saw the trade is Saga. Yeah, so I know read Saga. Yeah, <laughs> great. Enough kids. Page three, tough kids. Do you want to go into that class? Yeah, I mean, real quickly, I was just going to say that um, I like the fact that, you know, there's alien races, and in there, there's uh, both straight and gay relationships. They have transgender people, too. Yes. And there's, you know, all types of relationships with with aliens and quote unquote human like uh, creatures, and there's a war going on, and they'll show everything. Well, let's give, yeah, everything. Go ahead. Uh, we'll give the gist of it real quick. Um, basically, Saga is a story. It's a love story, pretty yeah. much, um, where there's two warring factions. I forget the name of the. It's the Moonies. It's the, the Horns and the... Landfall. There you go. And the what? It's Landfall. Landfall. There we go. And they're, they're at war, and basically they're not supposed to uh, intermix. And there's a couple that did. They're both uh, former soldiers, and they decide to have a, a kid together. And basically, everybody in the universe, everybody in the universe thinks the kid is an abomination. And so they're trying to find them to kill the kid. Yep. And so they're basically trying to keep their, their child safe, and they run across a whole slew of very colorful characters on the, along the way. But it's really about that family yeah. and that, that, uh, that family bond in a lot of ways, even though they, they get into mature subject matter yeah. and violence, fun violence. But I started reading that. I first started getting – I saw Red Comics as, as a kid, and my, my daughter, who's 13 now, um, she was really into Harley Quinn. And so she wanted still me to get is, right? Huh? Still is, though. Still is, yeah. still. Especially now that they had Harley Quinn. She was very happy that they made a Suicide Squad PG-13 so she can watch it. I thought it was going to be rated R. If it was rated R, I was just going to say no. But, you know, she, she watched it and she loved it. So I got, I started buying her Harley Quinn comics. And I was like, you know what? I see a lot of, like, more adult-themed comics now. I'm going to start reading, too. So I started picking up comics. And it's been kind of like a, a snowball effect. Mm-hmm. I, I spend over $50 reading <laughs> comics. So I have a serious problem. <laughs> serious problem. Um, but yeah, it's it's been really good to see these new adult scene comics that are that are well written, and then even the old kid, you know, the, the newer kid stuff. I like reading as well because they're, they're still well well written. And I would um, 
I like going and getting comics I normally wouldn't get. I'll just roll the dice and just pick up a comic. Like, I picked up Snot Girl on a whim. So I thought the name was funny. And, uh, <laughs> anybody read Snot Girl? It's actually... <laughs> She's just laughing at the name. Yeah. That's what's great. <laughs> so Snot Girl is an image comic. I'm not sure if it's adult or not yet. Because I haven't seen anything, any real cursing or any you know, nudity or anything. Only one issue, right? Yeah, only one issue. But it's about a fashion blogger who has bad allergies. So <laughs> she tears up and snot goes everywhere, especially when she's nervous. So it's, it's pretty funny. And um, at the end, somebody dies in some weird fashion. And I don't know how the person died. I'm going to buy number two to find out, though. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Uh, another comic that I got introduced to by the guys on the panel is uh, East of West. Uh, this is another mature comic. This is not for kids, but it's uh, basically about the four horsemen who come back to a a alternate future Earth, and uh, they're here to bring the apocalypse. And it's about uh, this one guy actually kind of revolts and uh, trying to stop them. And uh, there's a lot of crazy, diverse characters and weird technology, but it's really about this man trying to protect his family and stopping these people from destroying the whole world. So. Yeah, that one's fun. Um, yeah, I haven't gotten through currently, but that one's a really, like, severe uh, dystopian... or Dystopian. Di- dystopian, uh, just mature comic. It's, it's really really well written by uh, Jonathan Hickman, uh, which we talked we talk about on our podcast. We love lot. Jonathan Hickman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's, we highly recommend that, because that's another uh, diverse comic that's out there. Uh, very... Mature subject matter, and it's also a really cool comic because of the way that it's written. Or not written, but drawn. Uh, mm-hmm. Nick Dragota does a very good job at writing it. It basically looks like uh, what do you call it? It's a like western. A, uh, western. Yeah. It looks like a western. Mm-hmm. And the way that he draw, the way that he uh, colors uh, some of the panels are really cool as well because he has different color palettes for each uh, four horsemen of the apocalypse. Which you didn't? Did you mention that? No, yeah. I did not. So those four horsemen of the apocalypse is in the is in the book, <laughs> and um, he just the way that he draws it is, is really cool. Like uh, death is white. And so every anytime he's in the screen, he's it's like the it's like whitewashed out. So it seems really cool. So what makes you try a brand new comic? Anybody? Like when you see something actually on the shelf, what draws you to it? Artwork, and if I'm familiar with the writer. Okay. Right. So you go for certain any writers that you uh, look for? Um, Christopher Priest, Mark Wade, uh, Brian McIndis, Alan nice. Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, I don't know about Alan Moore. Yeah, Rachel Hudlin. Okay. Like, Rachel Hudlin's run on Black Panther. Yeah, that yeah. was a red dot. So, uh, that was the one that was actually on BET, right? I believe so. They, they, they took one of the comics and they put it on BET. It was like page for page out of the comic and they made a show out of it. it I think long, it was his. Back. The Who is the Black Panther one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. What's um, other people? I mean, <laughs> give me a minute to write. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> If I'm like not necessarily like, coming up with an artist, but if I just look through it and like, oh, it's cool, you know, I'll check it out, and take it home, or I'll get it from the library. Like that. Nice, so, nice. So I like the artwork and the writing's really good. And I like the You'll give it a chance. So, yeah, yeah. That's oh, good. Frank Miller, of course. There we go. You sent me You raising your hand? Yeah. I read. I'm looking for a comic, and it makes me laugh. Ah. <laughs> That's what I like. Okay. I mean, really gritty's okay, but after a while, I feel like I've lost my teeth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's how I've been reading that Invader Sim. Invader Sim. <laughs> like the comic came out again, and I was, it's it's hilarious when I'm reading it because I, I the the show is in my head. I read all the characters as the voices in the the actual cartoons. That's a fun one. That's a great. That's 
super yeah, fun. And then there's also a I Hate Fairyland, which there's two different versions. Actually, no. There's two different versions, but it's not for kids. It's about uh, a, it's about a kid who's I think she was like 15 or 16 or something like that, and she goes to this fairyland, and she gets stuck there, and she's the same age for like 30 years, and so she looks exactly the same, but she's really like in her I think like 40s or 30s or something like that, and so she curses and like there's like a lot of gore, and it's just funny because you think it's all like cutesy, but then things are like dying in this horrific way. So it's actually a really good uh, comic. It's by Scotty Young, I believe. So. Let's switch gears a little bit. Um, who's who's loving sci-fi right now, or science fiction as a whole? All right, and what about uh, what Sci-Fi Channel is producing? Okay. You guys watch The Expanse? Watch oh, The Expanse. Only one, only <laughs> one person is watching The yeah, Expanse. One it's wow. great. That, okay. That's that's the best sci-fi show on TV right now, mm. by far, in my opinion. So no, that that's just universal opinion. Yeah. <laughs> you, the Expanse is again going back to diversity. A, an extremely diverse cast. It's in space, but there's no robots or aliens, which is odd. I've never seen a live-action TV show without that um, from a science fiction standpoint. But it all works because you have people on Mars, you have people on Earth, you have the Belters, and the drama is all there, plus the action, and it's just fun. And we actually interviewed um, one of the stars of two. that show. Actually, two, two of the stars. Uh, Naomi Nagata on there, who's played by Dominique Tipper. And then Kaz Anwar, who's the pilot. I forget his name on the show, actually. Yeah. But it's fantastic. And we couldn't recommend it uh, any stronger. Yeah, season two, I think, comes out later this year. I think yeah. either December or early 2017. It's coming out pretty quick. They already have a trailer up uh, already. Uh, like Prodigy was saying, uh, there's... Basically, it's about us. <laughs> yeah. It's about humans, but we migrated out into the solar system. So you have people that live in the uh, asteroid belt, which are called the Belters. People that live on Mars, which becomes a military faction. And then the people that live on Earth. And they end up like, they have this weird political alliance, which is very fragile and shaky. And it's about, it starts out with like a murder mystery. And then it gets super political. And it, it's just done really well. And it's one of the things that was really cool is that they have people, people that are the belters are basically miners and they're very poor and they have to basically mine either ice or materials from asteroids and bring it back to either Earth or Mars, but they don't get that much money back in return. And one of the things that was interesting that I never even thought about was that the effects of space on humans, like with low yeah. G, they have these people that are elongated because they've been in low G for so long. They were born in low G, so they're just longer. Yeah, and with uh, fragile limbs. We have very fragile limbs. Like uh, I remember, they, they can't even they can't even come back to Earth because there's too much gravity. They have to sit in water to really survive. And, uh, and there is, I'll give you just one part of the show is that there is a, a torture scene where there's uh, one of those. What do they call them? Those skinnies or something like that? Yeah, uh, some, yeah, some kind of. There's some kind of slur they use against them. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, they know that they can't survive Earth's gravity. So basically, this this woman who's uh, she's an Indian lady. She seems really nice, but she's like brutal in the show. Yeah. She just hangs this dude by uh, just hanging up on like two like little stilts and just lets him sit there and just enjoy gravity while he's basically dying. Yeah. And uh, I'd never, I never I didn't think that gravity could be used as a weapon on Earth. It's a very smart show. Yeah. It really is. The other one I'm going to mention from Sci-Fi Channel, Winona Earp. Anybody, Anybody watch watching this wonderful show? Okay. Um, this one is Buffy the Vampire Slayer kind of actiony with great female leads and wild, wild west, demon slaying fun. I, I guess that's the best way to put it. 
Um, there's a little bit of mystery. There's a little bit of mystical kind of stuff going on. But mostly it's just Winona and her family with a six-shooter killing demons in the most like raunchy joke kind of way. And it's absolutely fantastic. We actually had Shamir Anderson and Dominique Provost-Chockley, two of the stars of that show, and we interviewed them a, a few months back, and they're just fun people. You could tell that the cast has this incredible bond, and I think it's just one of those shows that's well worth watching. Yeah, uh, both of these shows are very kid-friendly as well, because they're, they're shown late at night, and they do curse on the show. So, But we recommend for all the people of 18-plus that you should watch these two shows. So there you go. Absolutely. All right. Uh, what did we miss? Are you not going to talk about Mr. Robot at all? Oh! oh. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody, uh, that never brought, got brought Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. I mean. Nah. We love Mr. Robot. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. That show gets danker and danker. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this latest season, I'm sorry, Mr. Robot, is anybody else watching Mr. Robot? Yeah. yeah. All right. Everybody needs to watch Mr. Robot. <laughs> yeah. It's about this. Uh, it's once again, not a kid-friendly show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not a kid-friendly show. I don't know how they get away with it on USA. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I've seen, like, people curse. Yeah. And I've seen things that I probably shouldn't be seeing on yeah. USA. It's just, but, yeah. I don't know how they do it, but I love it. So it, it's about a group of hackers that uh, basically bring down society. Um, and the lead character is, I don't even know his ethnicity, but. Yeah. He's Egyptian. He's Egyptian? Is he, okay, thank well, you. I have is no that idea. real life or is that his character? It, yeah, he's the character. Because okay. yeah. his dad's Christian Slater, so I'm like... Well, I mean, but yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. the show. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's, it has the hacker element, but it also has this kind of revolutionary, anti-establishment, you know, us-against-them component, and this cat-and-mouse game with the FBI, but it's super tech-savvy, you yeah. know? I mean, you're actually seeing someone... Co- or what looks like they're doing is coding, you know, on the screen and and actually uh, uh, hacking uh, in real time. So that's yeah. just fun. It's not like hackers. You guys watch hackers. I love hackers, but that's not the way you hack. It's not, <laughs> yeah, you don't need to do it like that. So I was, this this was like a breath of fresh air to me. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a really tech savvy kind of show, but they don't beat you over the head with it. They just no. give you enough to get the story continually going, and uh, you can see that he's doing stuff that's not like legal, but. There's also, like, the character himself is severely flawed. Yeah. He has a split, kind of a split personality disorder. Well, there's definitely this Fight Club-esque yeah. element to it. Which you is know? a huge influence on the show. Well, they'll, they'll definitely take some left turns and right turns and make you think one thing is going on. Um, and I like that aspect of it. Like there's that, certainly he, a mystery. He breaks the fourth wall, too. Yes. The main character breaks the fourth wall all the time. And it's weird because you're like, is he talking to me? And, but he is. He's talking to you. Yeah. Like, you're kind of like... <laughs> We're kind of in the show. Yeah, the viewers are kind of like a personality to him. Like they're like we're all in his head. And he'll talk to us and interact with us. And I thought that was really interesting. I, I, I can't remember a show really doing that. No. Yeah, yeah, not very many do that. But it's a severely. It's like I thought it'd be super like kind of tech. Like I'd be watching like that other show, Scorpion. It'd be kind of like that. No, this is a severe like psychological kind of thriller almost. Yeah, kinda. and uh, it has really like. Stuff, like like Krona said, they do a lot of things that I would never think they would do on like a primetime network or whatnot. Yeah. It should it really should be on HBO, but they, <laughs> they get away with a lot of stuff that's like super adult. So yeah. and it's one of those shows to where you if you think you know what's going on, you don't because I don't want to give a lot of stuff away. Yeah. But basically, the show will lie to you. Yeah. <laughs> and you won't know until, until it's on the show. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, we, on the podcast, we review every episode we can yeah. on the show. We go pretty in-depth. But 
Uh, if you're into really like crazy psychologically like and, and tech savvy, we highly recommend Mr. Robot. Anybody watch Stranger Things? Love that show. If you have not, you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. yeah. Favorite character? Skeptical Negro. <laughs> Best character ever. This kid doesn't believe in anything. He's great. <laughs> yeah, you gotta watch the show. There's this kid in there. Forget his name. But um, he, does, he doesn't want to believe in anything, anything supernatural. But all his buddies are kind of going, going along with it. Even yep. when he sees supernatural stuff happening, he's just it's like, like, nah. Nah, that ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's a great show. It's, uh, who made the show? I forget the name of the, the writers. Oh, they're uh, brothers, brothers. Duffy brothers. Duffy, Duffy yeah, brothers. Duffy brothers. Duffy brothers. Something like that. Yeah, but it's, it's about a group of kids, and it's very uh, 80s-centric. So if you grew up in the 80s like like we did, yeah, um, it's like a huge throwback. Like, cause it's all said in the 80s. I remember I was watching the show... And the kid had a bike, and I was like, "Oh, he's got a banana seat." My daughter was like, "What is that?" And I was like, yeah, really? <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, basically uh, it's a show where there's a, a missing kid in the show, and they're trying to find this kid. There's also a very, very scary monster that had me scared. Like, and it wasn't like it's not through jump scares, which is what a lot of movies do nowadays. Jump scares. It's just through. Um, it's I don't even know how to explain suspense it. Yeah, and, and like mood a, setting. Yeah, it's like through music and moods and all that stuff is just oh it's definitely great. lighting. Yeah, lighting I didn't even want to look at this monster in the <laughs> show because it was that scary. <laughs> yeah, it's a great show. It's a it's a there's a lot of dramatic efforts in it. Like Winona Ryder's in the show and she does an amazing job. Yeah. And uh, so there, it's like a drama, thriller, and a little bit of horror all in one. And it's only eight episodes. Yeah, three episodes. Yeah, so um, any questions about uh, a series that you're enjoying uh, or uh, reading from a comic standpoint that uh, has any issues? Or questions for us in general. Or questions, yeah, in general. John, yeah, let's do it. Have you heard much about the Milestone Revival, DC's Milestone Revival? No, I have not. I uh, read one article about it and haven't heard anything since, so I think someone can do so yeah, no, no, I mean, they, they just did Rebirth, so they're going to do like another type of deal? Yeah, I heard that they're planning an entire Milestone revival, which really made me excited because mm. I love all the Milestone comics. And, and that's later this year? Or sometime soon, in the next few years, maybe. Okay, uh, we'll see. <laughs> now, the only thing I know about is the whole, once uh, Civil War Two ends, then Marvel's going to reboot again. So, Which is in the next month or so, in October, I believe. There's been a lot of reboots lately. I mean, we, just, we, had, yeah. we had Secret Wars last year from Marvel side. Then we had Convergence, which was garbage. From um, and then we had Rebirth this year. So I'd That's like enough. to see them stick to storylines. Well, they did New Fifty Two was five, uh, five, six years, whatever it was. I mean, that that stuck for a while. You need to do yeah. something on that on that kind of scale, yeah. at least in my mind. Any other? Uh, I was just wondering if anyone heard anything about. Maybe there's a lot of talk about uh, casting for Black Manta. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. If, you know, I mean, just the, the thought of uh, you know diverse, speaking of diverse characters, like diverse like villains. Yeah. Like diversity in the villain realm. I didn't know if they were going to do any news about uh, who they might cast as the character, and because some actors are better than others, some yeah, see yeah. as a character, and like, oh, okay, and someone's just like, let's go for star power. You know what that's going to depend on for me and my money. Is he wearing the mask most of the time or not? Because, I mean, he was under that mask for years and years and years, and then he took it off, and people were like, oh, he's a black character. In, in, at least the way I've had it explained to me. Um, I haven't read all of them, but I, I think the mask is going to be crucial in how they, they showcase him. It's going to be interesting. To, I think they're going to have to like modify that mask. Yeah. It's like seeing that big UFO thing. Yeah. yeah it's going to be... It's gonna be weird in real life. I don't know who's gonna. 
used to the character, it's kind of a goofy yeah. We've had some really interesting Twitter debates about Black Manta as a whole because his power set is a little bit confusing, to be honest with you. He just seems like a guy who's a really good swimmer sometimes, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, in a helmet. So they're going to really have to play him up, in my mind, to be able to battle like a Jason Momoa uh, Aquaman. And also trying to make Aquaman an interesting character. Yeah. Like, they've been trying for years. Yeah, well, they they already changed them. So Aquaman, especially Arthur, is supposed to be a kind of a slender, a slender uh, Caucasian guy. And instead, they got uh, Jason Moe's. I still want to see him as in the role, but he's like this young Polynesian dude. And I'm just like, all right, well, I guess we'll see how it's going to work out because he's he's not going to be the Arthur that I know. Yeah, it's drastically going to yeah. be different. The thing that worried me a little little bit is the director was it James Wan? Yeah, James yeah. Saying that he's DC's Wolverine, which he's not. But that's awful. And that that made like, yeah. You know Wolverine is. I mean, that, that made me scratch on, my head a little bit. So I'm I'm on board. I'm hoping uh, for good things with the DC extended universe. But uh, if they just get Slade Wilson Deathstroke right, that's enough for me. Right, I'm, I'm, another question, question in the back. Yeah. No, I'm not. not. Who's the publisher again? So Boom, Boom, okay. Oh, Gotham oh, Academy? Academy. Okay. okay, I have read some of those issues, so excellent. See? Thank you. That's wonderful. So that happens a lot more on our sister cast, Earth Girls Are Easy, and there is someone in this audience from that cast. Perhaps after this panel, you can meet her right over here. <laughs> I want to give a shout out that they just had the Hugo Awards, and all of the top four literary awards went to women, and three of them were women of color. Hey! Nora Jemison won the best uh, novel um, for the first book of a trilogy that's all based on um, this world where the uh, geogra- geology is incredibly unstable, and so people are always having to deal with natural disasters. I like it. Uh, what, what's the name? Right. So, uh, her name's uh, N.K. Jemison, J-E-M-I-S-I-N, and the, the first book uh, is called The Fifth Season. Fifth Season. Oh, I've seen, I've seen these books. Okay. okay. Yeah. This book came out like two weeks ago, and I can't sleep because I can't get it Nice. <laughs> it's awesome. And she, and she goes into, like, you know, how, like, living in, in ways that dehumanize people, um, make people treat others in ways that are also dehumanizing and make bad choices when that's all they have. So I awesome. like the thing. recommendations, and unfortunately, we have, time. We, oh. you, you, you can come up and talk to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you got to like the panel? Pretty good, right? Yeah, awesome. Thank you. <laughs>